Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 134. This week on the show, I have an incredible conversation with most of a band. Um, I got to talk with the guys in Until I Wake. Um, unfortunately, Cody couldn't join us, but I did get to talk with Ryan, August, and Alex. Um, had a great talk with these guys about all sorts of stuff, including the new music, the new album, um, you know, signing with Fearless Records, getting to tour with Crown the Empire, just so many things that we got to touch on. And, you know, you guys know that, like, one of my favorite things is when we have multiple members of a band together because we can get those different insights and, and different stories and things like that. And, um, this is no different. This was a great conversation with the guys, and um, I think it's a really cool one for you guys that maybe aren't familiar with them yet. Uh, I got news for you. They're going to blow the fuck up. They are so close. They're right on the edge of being one of those names that everybody is looking for. Everybody is, you know, adding them to tours and things like that. So, Definitely want you guys to jump on this this train, check them out. Uh, but for now, let's just dive into my conversation. Um, this is my conversation with the guys in Until I Wake. <laughs> so, uh, to kick things off, I do start with the same boring-ass question every time. Uh, that's the simple introduction. Who are you guys? And just a little background on yourselves. So, or Until I Wake. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Until I wake, baby. <laughs> so let, let's dive into a, a little bit of the background on you guys, because I think one of the really awesome things about you guys is like, in one sense, you guys are super fresh to the music industry in this iteration, you know, uh, until I wake is only three years, roughly three years old at this point. Um but you guys aren't new to the, the music industry yourselves. So what was it like, you know, kind of developing this formation and deciding that, you know, this is the time that we're going to make a real run at something here? Uh, so basically, like like you were mentioning, we'd all played music for a while in different projects. And uh, at some point or another, we were all in the same band together uh, in one of our previous projects. Basically... What had happened is, you know, over time, everybody's like in and out of projects here and there, you know, not sure what's going to happen with music because, you know, after so many goes at it, you're like, all right, you know, it's, it's either, you know, do the damn thing or, you know, call it a day and be done with music. And uh, we got to the point where basically all of our favorite musicians in Buffalo and performers were all available at the same time. We'd all built chemistry in the past with each other. And now it was like, okay, sick. Everybody's available. Everybody's down for project. It's now or never. And then we just pulled until I wake together. Yeah, this is like my like last go at it personally. You know, I was like, I'll give it one more shot. And if it doesn't work out, I'm just is what it is. I'll just do my own thing. And thankfully I've stuck with it and hammered it out, put in the time, money, and emotions. <laughs> and uh, it's been great. So music I don't think they fully understand what all that will come to like these projects that you are passionate about at 
at least at that moment, you know. And then to have kind of the rug pulled out from under you because not everybody's moving in the same direction and, you know, things just aren't lining up. I guess, Alex, you specifically said, you know, this is kind of was your last last shot at it in, in your head. What does it take to make that decision? Because music is obviously so important to you. So that's like kind of a tough question, but it isn't, I guess. It goes both ways. So I was like, okay, I'm young-ish still. I'm pretty young. I'm like, I don't want to regret it when I'm 40 years old. Like, oh, I should have done that. I should have done this. I'm just now I'm taking everything as it comes and I'm running with it. And uh, yeah, a lot of it, too, that I didn't realize is how much money you actually have to put into something to <laughs> make it happen. Because you're, you're not going to, I've said this before, you're not going to make it if you don't put money into your band. You have to. And I was always tightwad with money and oh i gotta have this and gotta have that and then that whole perspective of i'm just gonna run with it has helped tremendously so i just kind of throw what i do have you know uh at it and yeah you go broke sometimes well a lot of the times you know depending your situation and if you want it that bad you're gonna make that sacrifice and make the best of it so it's yeah, it's kind of like you know shit or get off the pot you know it's if you want to do it do it if not then you know do it for a hobby you know so yeah no, no, I think you're absolutely right. Like most people that, again, are not in the music industry, specifically in a band, don't really realize what those costs are trying to get your name out there. And, you know, even as great of a, a music scene as Buffalo has, you know, you guys have had some incredible artists come out of the Buffalo area. It's still somewhere that you're cutting your teeth and trying to, to get elevated to that point where somebody looks and says they have something. Yeah, I mean, you can be the best musician around. A couple of my buddies are, I mean, in my opinion, some of the best guitar players you'd ever meet. You know what I mean? But they're, they're fine doing their thing. They're like, you know, I'm content. And, you know, it's just that band that wants to get to the next level. You know, I mean, realistically, five, six grand <laughs> is what'll do it. And Ryan opened my eyes on that. I'm like, oh, really? You know, like I said, I was a tightwad almost, you know. And then he's like, no, you got you have to do it. And it's totally changed my perspective on spend money, you know, so it's. And that's a big thing. And being good band obviously helps too. Yeah, well, it can be, you know, it can be a hobby or it can be a priority, you know, and it's mm -hmm. your choice whether how much, you know, only you know how much it means to you. And if it's enough to be, you know, means enough to be a priority or if it just means enough just to be a weekend, weekend warrior kind of thing, you know? Yeah. So Absolutely. for you, Ryan, when did that trigger point kind of happen that, this is not just a hobby anymore for me. This is what I want to do. Uh, it's never been a hobby. It's always just <laughs> people I surround myself with. So eventually I was like, all right, I'm sick of everybody trying to quit the band every other week. I'm sick of people not being like all in and stuff the same as me. And, and like, I'm always doing everything and shit like that. So then finally with like, until I wake, it's like, everybody's, you know, it's, it's you're in or you're gone. And, you know, in the beginning, before we really announced as a band, we had like a couple people, you're cutting out, right? Uh, I was saying that uh, in the beginning, we even had a couple people like that that you know couldn't decide if they were in or out, and it might have been because I just pulled up to my house to the Wi-Fi. So basically, yeah, there, there, we had a lot of that in the beginning, you know, with a couple members. But uh, you know, the the band that's like around now, like the four of us, you know, it's kind of like ideally how we wanted it. And uh, one of the only other members was uh, was like another guitarist, and it was like, do we try to have another guitarist? Or do we keep it like the four piece that we have where we have that crazy chemistry together, you know, that we've grown so much and all that. And, you know, it didn't work out. So then we announced as a four piece and like basically we're a four piece for like the 
the last few months before we even debuted. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's the hardest part is finding the right people, you know, and it, it takes time and, and things like that because I've often said, you know, as cliche as it is, a band is a brotherhood, it's a family, and if you don't have the right family there with you, then it can be toxic and, you know, these are the people that you're trying to make a living with or get out on the road with and, you know, uh, doing even a regional tour with three guys that maybe you don't actually get along with is not going to be a good time. Right. Yeah. 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 Like we, had, we had a handful of people so far, like you guys want another guitarist? You need another one? And like trying to jump in the band and ask us. And it's like, dude, we have so much chemistry to where like, I feel like if you have like one person around that just doesn't mesh well, it's going to be like, all right, this sucks. And then we're going to have to like, invite somebody in the band, announce it, and then kick them out. And then people are going to be like, what are they doing? What's going on? And then people are going to get triggered and worried and stuff. And we don't want anybody to ever feel like that. We have, though, like, um, we have thought about, like, in the past, having our one of our producers tour with us as, like, a touring guitarist. Because, like, he's, like, a brother to us anyway. So we know he would mesh well. But that's about it as far as, like, you know, that fifth member goes. You're kind of being invasive to bring someone new into the band, honestly, because this has been a thing for three years and to bring in a fifth member would, unless it was, you know, our producer, it would be kind of invasive to two until I wake to do such a thing. You know, it's like, we've been a four, the same four guys from the very beginning. And it would just be weird, you know? Yeah. So yeah, almost make things like awkward. We have such like, like you were saying a good chemistry and then yeah. like someone else comes around, like are we on like, be like joking willingly like that? Or like, what are you doing? Like, I don't know. So it's, yeah, we're, it's, Probably not going to happen as our producers. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, though, like at, at least at this point in time, I don't think it's something you guys need. You know what I mean? Like maybe an occasional like guest spot or something like that just to do cool shit. But like it's yeah. not a necessity by any means. Yeah. Like most recently, the only reason we thought about having somebody else on board is for like live purposes for Cody, like backing vocals and stuff. But we also just made a trip to the studio where basically Cody performed the songs in the vocal booth and uh we had one of our producers pick out all the spots where he needs that extra help and just backtrack it live for him because yeah. if people like you know people hear that live they're gonna be like okay that's fine because obviously he has to breathe or else he's going to die <laughs> and so you know basically it's going to be normal and if anybody thinks that it's weird then then that's weird you know to not think that it's all right to have him you know backtrack in parts where he needs to take a rest you know yeah yeah no i think again casual fans are the ones that are going to be like oh, what what was that you know maybe that's weird or whatever yes anybody that understands music or is a true fan of music is going to be like no that yeah that makes sense you know not everybody's going to be oh, able yeah. to scream for 45 seconds yeah, I was, I was yeah one of those, sure. like like oh they're, they're screaming in the background what, what is that you know what i mean i'm like oh like ryan said like yeah it's probably breathe once in a while to uh get through the show so yeah it's definitely an eye-opener yeah. <laughs> to realize what's going on with pretty much every band yeah. that plays so yeah. So that that was one of our biggest takeaways from like the first two tours as like a learning experience was like we need to make sure for like the full live sound that Cody's got spots filling in whenever he needs to take a little yeah. rest. Yeah. Um, yeah. Talk a little bit about, you know, you kind of mentioned it, not necessarily that people are are trying to like ride the coattails or anything necessarily, but talk about that, you know, as you break into the scene how many people come out of the woodworks and go, oh, well, you know, I, I kind of know these guys and, you know, 
these are my dudes or whatever and do kind of like amp themselves up because of your success uh so far it seems like there's like a little handful of like buffalo bands that will like yeah. you know act like they've been supporting since day one i'm like dude you haven't been around you know it was until like until like we started to like really prove ourselves then you're like oh shoot you know and then and then jump on board with things but it was like you know obviously we love our scene we love the people in it and all that stuff in buffalo you know we grew up here we played tons of shows with a lot of these people so it's all cool you know we respect them and love them but like at the same time it's like you should have been here since day one knowing that we were announcing this and been supporting since then you know yeah i know i had a lot of people like come out of the woodwork from high school and mil you know whatever from high school and you know, I act like they were, uh, you know, they always been there and everything. And right. I'm like, dude, where from how were you in high school, yeah. man? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I the, the biggest thing when that happened, I think, is when we announced our signing to Fearless Records. And people were like, oh, shit, if, I, if I'm nice to these guys or whatnot, you know what I mean? Maybe I can get a part of this. Like, no, like, <laughs> you're not yeah. here in order just because something cool happens. Kind of like, yeah. go fuck yourself, in my opinion. Yeah. You know we're I mean? not so, the we're not that cool or that big yet to be like, hey, yeah, we'll help you get signed to Fearless. Yeah. <laughs> Fearless yeah. loves us and we love Fearless, but we can't just put bands on like that. <laughs> yeah. No, and I think, you know, even outside of the music industry, that goes into like, you know, with day jobs and stuff, right? Like if I recommend somebody to get hired, my name is on that person. And if they are a piece of shit after they get hired, I don't want my name associated with that. Yeah, it's your reputation. Right. Yeah. 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 Like I do, I do a lot of marketing stuff and I'm the same way with like marketing, you know, I'm like, mm -hmm. I can't market something that I don't like wholeheartedly believe in or think that that person even wholeheartedly believes in themselves or is really trying. Cause then I'm like, you know, you, you put out a song and then, you know, you're like, Hey, market this, market this. And it's like, there's nothing that follows like where's your where's right. your drive behind it you know what i mean like you got to do some stuff too you know so yeah that happens yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um let, let's talk about you know the the signing with fearless um what goes into for you guys what went into obviously we don't have to get into the details of like what the pay scales are or whatever but make like, 400 grand a year just, yeah <laughs> <laughs> you, you wish i know better <laughs> <laughs> No, but like what goes into kind of those negotiations and like what was the, the door opening moment, I guess, for you guys to say, hey, you know, this is a real offer and maybe this is something we need to pursue. Um, was it just the fearless name? <laughs> no, um, I would, yeah, I would. Oh, yeah. You want to go, Alex? I would say for me personally, it was like, I. let me see how I can word this. <laughs> uh yeah, just obviously, yes, Fearless is sick. And we had other record labels in mind and we had other people hit us up with other offers that they were cool for sure. I mean, like, but like I said, for like not our last time doing this, but trying to hit it as big as we possibly can and get the biggest reach and biggest audience we can make live, like yeah. they made the best offer to us. So I think that was like a pretty decent way of breaking it down. You know what I mean? Like their offers yeah. thing gave to us what our budgets were everything kind of like fit perfectly with like our album and what songs you're gonna do and shit like that I, you know so that's my opinion yeah. on it <laughs> yeah mine's mine's pretty similar i would say like you know in our minds we had like a handful of labels where we're like if that label hits us up you know like we're gonna talk to that label for sure and we had a handful of sick labels hit us up and everything and like 
you know, Fearless was one of the, honestly, one of the first labels that did hit us up. And we're like, oh shit, like this is sick because we have only ever heard good things about Fearless. They got sick yeah. bands on their roster or have had sick bands on their roster, you know? And, and like, so it was kind of like, I was, I was super interested right off the gate or right off, off whatever. I was just okay. super interested right away. <laughs> and then, uh, and then as like figuring everything out and like seeing how real it was, I was like, damn dude, like to think that within the first year in November, is when they started talking to us and we had not even had our whole EP out yet. I don't think at that point. So no. it's like, they showed a lot of faith in the band, you know, and really believed in us. So I was like, dude, that means like more to me, you know what I mean? than than most things do, you know, the fact that they believed in us so early on. And I was like, damn, like that's, that's real shit. So mm -hmm. you made what I said sound like shit. <laughs> I, I usually do. No, I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> I'm just, honestly, I, I think it's <laughs> no. That was good. Though. I the same coin though. Like I think for you, Alex, it was kind of that business side of being a band, and Ryan's talking about kind of that creative side of you know that freedom and and whatnot. And I think that's the importance, right? Like both those things have to work. You can't have full creative control but no business backing, or vice versa, and yeah. feel mm -hmm. like you're at a place where you're going to be successful. Yeah. And, and ever since like the signing, like that was sick, you know, signing to fearless. And then ever since then, everything with them that we do, it just gets like better and better and we create more relationships with people. So, and that just gets cooler and cooler and everybody's like opens up more and you make friends with people. And then next thing you know, you're texting them instead of just like straight up business emails, you can just reach out to anybody whenever. So they're all super chill and everything's just awesome and taken off so well. Yeah, they're super personable. It came uh, quite a few of them came out to our show in Los Angeles, and they were just like, just like friends hanging. You know what I mean? Just yeah. cool as fuck. Just yeah, they're great. I have nothing bad to say about any of those people. So yeah, and then not, one of the not uh, that you would right the, now anyway. <laughs> oh, I would. <laughs> one of the other people that tried to sign us was there hanging out with like with our A and R and stuff, and hanging out with Fearless, and they were just fucking with us and like making jokes and like laughing. You know, yeah. having a good time about it. They didn't have like any hard feelings and they were just like they felt like family too. I was like, damn, dude, like it's so cool kind of how you see how people get along within the industry and stuff. And like because everybody works if it seems like everybody works with each other, works somewhere, and then they like switch around and like kind of like partner up in ways, you know, all across the board. So to see like their connection and their friendships and stuff like that, it just makes it like, dude, like we're part of something way bigger than we could have ever thought and way cooler. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it, it, it's something I've noticed. I've done music journalism for almost 19 years now. And that's something I noticed with like PR teams is at first you think, oh, they're, they're all competitors. Like nobody talks to each other. They don't want anybody sharing information or whatever. But I can't tell you how many times I've, you know, hit up a PR team about a tour or something. And they're like, yeah, we're not running press for it. You know, this team is. Here's the email. Like we'll get you connected. And it's like you guys said, like, it's just cool because that network is so expansive and they really just want to see the industry thrive. Um, so why would we not support it? Right. Yeah. It's pretty amazing in that aspect, how you think it's like so cutthroat and everyone's like, fuck you to each other. But it's the complete fucking opposite. Everyone, yeah. for the most part, is really cool and very helpful. So, yeah. Um, let's dive into the, the EP and some of the success you guys have seen. Um, kind of insane numbers, right? You guys are, like like we were saying, about a three-year-old band. Um, and your number one track on Spotify right now, as of us talking, is at 7.1 million streams. Um, 
and like what's it like you know coming from where you guys came from and knowing kind of where you're you're at and things like like you guys have both said like this was kind of the last shot and now you're you can say well we've got a track that's got seven million fucking streams it's insane dude yeah like this the the track like i don't know that anybody was really expecting that song to really pop off the way that it did and then when we released it it did pop off and then to top it off like right while we were in the midst of our signing um my buddy jesse that does marketing he hit me up and he's like hey i just use got you guys as like a guinea pig for a new tiktok that i'm starting and i'm like oh shit here we go what is it and i'm like i'm like i gotta look and see and then i go and i click on this video for that song self-medicated that he created he's like um bands uh something it was like bands that you and, don't know or something will, but will probably blow up or something like that yeah. do you remember what it's called i think it's bands that don't suck and will probably blow up oh, it was like one yeah and then started playing the song and it popped the fuck off <laughs> yeah dude so like all these people were like commenting and stuff like that the song like it went insane as far as like spotify and streaming and it just added on to all the streams that it was getting and then that's kind of like where we're like oh shit we need to make a tiktok too so that's when we create our tiktok and we're like interacting with everybody because we love interacting with people and all that to make those friendships and connections and all that stuff you know and uh yeah then this the song just kept fucking going and now it's like seven million i'm like holy shit dude like that ep yeah. is crazy and like the thing is is that fearless bought that ep too so i'm like they've got to be stoked that that shit's popping off like like crazy still yeah. you know because like thinking about it as we were like in the studio we're like all right maybe they maybe they won't buy like the ep maybe they won't be interested they'll just be interested in what's going on in the future but they wanted the ep they wanted that first album and everything like that and now it's like when you look in the future when we have a wikipedia or something it's like we were never an independent band it'll seem like you know it'll seem like we we're just like fearless has been with us always that's pretty sick i think yeah <laughs> pretty badass yeah, the, yeah i guess the craziest thing for me as you bring it up like the spotify streams and how it is like having a song blown up i do a lot of snowmobiling or whatever and it was yeah. funny like little goofy story here we're at this bar and there was a digital jukebox my dad's like i'm gonna type your band name and i'm like don't do that dude you know and there it is like our songs on just a random little hole in the wall bar and it was like he got emotional about it It was really cool i was like holy shit man like it's just it's insane you know i'm just a little nobody like, from your eyes yeah. <laughs> yeah oh it was crazy it was nuts he was uh he was super pumped and it's it's fucking cool yeah well i mean you guys have hit some some pretty badass playlists um looking at the list you've got spotify's new core their new metal tracks the new blood playlists that are all their curated playlists and then fucking octane picks it up too on test drive and like you couldn't have asked for a better like if you were to say this is my dream that can't even be the dream like that's beyond what a dream is yeah it's insane it's surreal so let's talk a little bit about um the tour that you guys just did with crown the empire um talk a little bit about because i am a huge crown the empire fan and you know they're one of the those bands that have always kind of been under the radar for some reason like the people that mm -hmm. know them know them and nobody else seems to to like buy into them yet what's it like going out with a band like that that's kind of paved a little bit of the way for bands like you guys to move it forward 
August, you have go. you ever you met them before? <laughs> uh, I have not. I photographed them once, but I didn't get to meet them yet. Okay. Well, then I'm stoked to let you know that they're the sweetest fucking dudes, and they're yeah. super cool. They were like, our we when we went on this tour, we're like, oh cool, like, you know, nervous about like who we're gonna connect with because everybody on the tour was around for a while, you know, and then we connected with Crown the Empire the most out of the whole tour. Like we're hanging out with them, drinking beers, playing beer pong, losing in beer pong, and uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we lost. Mm-hmm. I put You're money awesome. on the game too, so <laughs> it, was, it was fun. Though. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, so I think Alex was looking for you to talk. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm confused. Anyway, uh, um, yeah, no, it was awesome. It was a great experience for sure. Uh, we lost a hundred bucks on <laughs> beer pong to crown the empire, and that was pretty badass. So <laughs> that was the coolest, <laughs> coolest way to lose a hundred dollars. So that was sick. Yeah. But now the whole tour was very cool. It was a surreal experience for sure. Remember seeing Crown the Empire Warp Tour in like twenty shit, I don't even fucking know. I think it was like twenty twelve or twenty thirteen or something. And uh Remember they were like wearing all black and carrying around like fucking flags and they just looked so badass. I was like, fuck, dude, I want to be doing that. Uh, and then, you know, we just toured with that. It was like crazy how that works, man. It's so crazy. But yeah, it's, yeah, it was, it, it, yeah. Sorry. It's great. You're fine. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, like before this tour, I honestly didn't really like listen to much of crown the empire i've always heard of them and uh i'm like oh what album should we put on you know i probably familiar familiarize myself with it and they played the fallout uh mm-hmm. and yeah i was like holy fuck like i've been missing out and then getting to yeah. see that every night totally changes like a whole nother level of sick and like ryan was saying they're like the nicest guys like they're backstage at one time and i was nervous to walk past and not didn't want to interrupt them and they're like what the fuck are you doing i'm like go dude we're not like crazy assholes you know so i was like okay sorry <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, they're, they're seriously the, the nicest dudes ever. I actually, I, I uh, we were in Florida and I think we were watching drugs play. And um, uh, I, I asked Hayden, I was like, yo, you want a shot? He's like, you're offering me a shot. I'm like, yeah, dude. And he's like, nah, come here. And he brings me to the green room and just like gives me a shot of bourbon. And then, like, I he went over in the back or something of the green room, and I, I I stood there a little awkwardly in the midst of all their people. I was like, hmm, do I like chill out here? I don't want to just dip after he gave me a shot, but at the same time, I don't want to just stand here awkwardly. So I just stood there for like two minutes and uh, twiddled my thumbs, and then I I, I walk out. <laughs> but it was, dude, it was a riot. They're such nice guys. It's 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 yeah, it's yeah. really cool. So. Being on tour with them, you know, it wasn't a super long run. It was about a month uh, or half a month, whatever. But what was some of the stuff that you saw from them that you were able to pick up and, and you know, take as advice, if you will, um, especially being an established band like they are? Hmm. Well, there's a lot of things equipment-wise uh, that we learned from them. That's for damn sure. Because, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, issues where we couldn't hear ourselves in our ears because they were cutting out and it's something as simple as having the right antennas, you know? Right. Um, and then, uh, you know, as far as, I don't feel like there was like too much else in the way, like you, you handle things with, um, on a day-to-day basis, honestly, like, I don't think there's a, a whole lot different, 
Do you, can you can you think of anything? Uh, I remember when we were talking to we were talking to somebody, maybe it was Jack, <clears throat> and we're like, dude, how does Andy just never miss oh. every single show? His voice is insane, spot on. Nothing, yep. nothing even off in the slightest. And they party hard too. Yeah, and, and <laughs> all that. And before every show, he's like sparring and wrestling and stuff too, and all that. So I'm like, dude, how do, how does he do it? Like we were all curious. And he's just like, I don't know if this is a joke or not, but he's like, well, he sleeps a lot. And I was like, Cody needs to start sleeping more. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that is a big thing. Like even for all of us, we. I guess I'll take that from it. Like we need to get something better. Like vehicle-wise, that, that was my fault. You know, not my fault, but we had something smaller than we expected, and we ran through it and trooped it out. Everyone was great. No one got cunty or anything. So, yeah, definitely uh, get something else sleeping while we're going down the road for sure. So, yeah, we we travel rough. So, yeah, but, but we live good. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I think that's part of it, though, right? Like, it's such a bullshit cliche, but that's part of paying your dues, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. few tours you go on it's probably going to be a shit show but absolutely you yeah. learn and you can upgrade i almost yeah, like look well, good i was just going to say probably something similar to what you were about to say but i was going to say that i like that because it makes it feel like there is still like a story of like struggle yeah i mean we didn't just get like picked up by fearless and then like we just fucking rocket chipped you know and went crazy and had it made you know what i mean like yeah. there's still like a grind and a hustle and you know, a struggle to everything, you know, and we have a lot of growing to do and learning and all that stuff. So it's kind of cool because it keeps the story of building, you know, continuing. Yeah. It's like people would ask us, like even Hayden there, he's like, I saw what you guys are driving. Like, I, I thought it was like a chase car, but like you guys are doing that every day and you get out and you guys are happy as fuck. And I say it's kind of cheesy, but I'm like, dude, I, I eat a piece of humble pie every day because I know in the near future we're going to be rocking a bus and everything. So I'm glad we're going through that shit. Like Ryan said, you know, and uh, I, I enjoyed it. You know, it sucked, but it, it was still fun. <laughs> yeah. Also, small little note, too, is because this was cool as fucking nice of them. But like there was a couple nights or a few nights on the tour where Crown would put us up in hotels. And I was like, damn, dude, that's fucking sweet. Yeah, like that was pretty sick. We would be staying at hotels a few nights on the tour that they would just like pay for for us, and I'm like, holy shit, dude! I never would expect them to like you know hook us up like that and be so cool. I mean, not yeah. that I expected anything like bad of them at all, but like I don't know, we're the new guys, you know? Right. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> I was I was gonna say I think that's the thing is like you're you know Crown is the headliner. Like, why would they pay for us to have a hotel room? Like, that's not not yeah, their responsibility yeah. at all. Uh, but that yeah. is super dope that they would take care of the the scene like that. Yeah, yeah, they were really cool. So let's uh, kind of move into 2022. You got, like I said, you guys just had that tour. You guys are obviously ramping up for some some cool shit without getting in trouble with the label or anything. What does 2022 look like for the rest of the year for you guys? You know, new music, recordings, <laughs> things like that. Uh, well, tomorrow, August 12th, we're releasing Hope You're Happy. And then uh, the 9th of September, we've got our uh, focus track, I guess you'd call it, which is still sinking, more of a metalcore track that drops when the album drops. And then uh, we've had discussions about even getting back in the studio to work on whatever's to come next. They're like, we want to get you guys back in the studio again. You know, we just want to see how, like, how well everything takes off, like the album-wise and stuff. But like, like sooner than later, I'm like, geez, dude, like that's sick. Like I want to go back to the studio and work on album number two. 
you know, because people like they'll take in the album and they'll they'll jam the album and the album will like continue to stream well and all that stuff. But like people always want more and more, you know. So like after two months after this album comes out, people are gonna be ready for like another album, you know. So they just want us back in the studio writing new hits and all that, and it's sick. Yeah, no, I, I think you're absolutely right, and it's it's kind of the downside of the world today, right? Like that instant gratification. So everybody wants more and more because it's so easy to consume music. Talks all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that that's what kind of helped us take off too, is because when we, after we debuted in uh, January 25th of 2020, we were releasing, we had this plan to release songs like every couple months, every like month and a half to two months. And we continued that. So like, you know, the band never kind of stopped picking up traffic and gaining new fans and all that stuff and stayed, you know, uh, you know, out there, you know, getting new attention all the time. So the consistency, I think, helped us a lot. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I think it's it's interesting, too, that, you know, you guys debut right before COVID fucking happens. Uh, and, you know, you're still able to grow as explosively as you, you did because of the strategies that you had. Oh, yeah. Opinion. Yeah, we're definitely like a COVID band and we kind of use it for our leverage. And we're like, all right, well, no one can move. Let's pile on content and videos. And it definitely worked in our favor for sure, I would say. Yeah, yeah definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, let's talk a little bit about the record. Uh, you know, I've got a couple notes in front of me. Um, so, again, nothing to get you in trouble with the label or anything like that. But let's talk a little bit about working with um, John and Nick. I mean, when people see who's who's in the liner notes, if you will, for production and things like that, like these are not small names that you're getting to work with. Um, what was it like going into the studio to to you know work with these two that have produced some of at least in the last five years some of the best? Yeah. So. We uh we started we met Nick and John a few years before we started until I wake because we were working on like another behind the scenes project with like members from all around the country and stuff. So while we were doing that, um, basically that's when we were building chemistry with them and getting to know them. And we just created such like a quick tight connection with those dudes because they're they're just awesome dudes and they they're like our brothers now. And uh, you know figuring out and watching who they work with and what they've done in the past and in the present and the future and everything like that. Because, you know, Joe is producing bands that, you know, we were jamming when we were younger, you know, all that. And then now you got John who's working with like I Prevail and stuff. And it's, it's just madness. It's insane because it's like, dude, pop off. These are all sick artists and they do such good. And they're, they're just crazy good at what they do and genuine dudes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're, they're like family to us now too. You know, it's not even a matter of like. It's still very cool working with them, but it's just like they're family, they're brothers. It's like the vibe is there. You don't have to force anything. Nothing is ever. Oh, oh. we lost him, Alex. I think we lost him. Yeah. <laughs> I wondered if it was going to happen. They were starting to get choppy. Yeah. We'll get them back. Yep, here they come. There they go. For a second. Yeah. I think we cut out at a good point. Yeah, yeah. that's about where I was talking. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, so what about you, Alex? Hey. Like, 
working with working with um you know john and, and nick what's that like because i think you know the thing for me is drums maybe i'll i'll get shit from the other two i don't know i've always said a good drummer makes the band like if you don't have somebody that can oh, back you guys, <laughs> if you don't have someone that can back you guys with that, you know, the drum lines and things like that, you know, you could have the best vocalist in the world, but if, if it's not, you know, sonically there. So what's it like working with, you know, these guys that have produced some incredible drummers as well? Uh, so being working with Nick, he is like a really badass drummer himself. He makes me look bad. So it's like, <laughs> throwing stuff together he has super good suggestions you know he'll throw in things like what do you think about this i'm like just do it man like sounds sick you know so we definitely like work together on that aspect and they're just both super personable super nice guys and um yeah it's like i'd say even like on this last round like of our tour um like we even got like even a little closer got a little closer on uh on things too so uh sorry about that you're all good <laughs> Sorry, my dog's an asshole. Um, but yeah, no, it's I, they're great. I, I love those dudes to death. So, <laughs> yeah. awesome. um, so you know, since I caught shit from from Ryan in August on that, like, what would you say? Uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna pit the band against each other. What would you say is the the most strong uh, element to a band? I actually have to agree with you. It is the drummer just because without that you can be playing a live show you can if you're playing a live show it doesn't matter if everyone else is on point if the, if the drummer is off or you know hitting shit at the wrong tempo right. you're you're inevitably gonna fuck up the show yeah. you know it's gonna so i firmly and wholeheartedly agree the drummer is the most important because it keeps everything on track the best yeah, for the live show yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely awesome um so you know you've got the album coming out are you allowed to talk about any tours or anything like that that you've got planned for post album or like album release shows anything like that uh we don't have any like tours like set for after the album releases we've been working on a couple things and discussing it with like promoters and all that stuff because we've had tons of people hitting us up about booking us but uh we've just kind of honestly been comfortable and okay with chilling and just continuing the networking as we release the album because it's like we were built off of networking and social media and marketing the band you know so if that's what we're gonna do for like the release of the album you know we're completely content and comfortable with it and if the right opportunity comes along and of course you know we're gonna snag it up yeah um music videos so obviously like covid put a weird spin on music videos because you couldn't get around to to do anything right like a lot of self-recorded videos and shit like that came out over the covid year yeah. um how do you feel like that matters to today's fan you know what i mean like back when we were growing up music videos you know that was the first thing you did after you got out of school was go home kick on him see what was up but now with like YouTube and everything else, do you think that matters as much because of lyric videos and stuff? Or is it more of just like kind of band preference? I personally think 
Go ahead. Sorry. Right. I, feel <laughs> like, I feel very important because people like a visual to, you know, the music. I uh, find that more often than not, you know, music videos have way more views than, you know, lyric videos do. And, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, visually pleasing, you know. Um, I know a lot of bands, including us, had to do their own music videos, whether it be right in your house or, you know, um, it, COVID definitely made that difficult, but I, I feel like a lot of bands uh, made do and said, no, fuck that. We're going to make it happen anyways. And I know a lot of bands out there have done some badass music videos right in their Yeah, we were actually shooting a couple music videos where like when we were off the set, um, everybody would be wearing masks and stuff like that just because like the videographer's request, which was like completely cool and understandable. But like yeah. doing videos like that, it was so goofy because I'm like, dude, it felt like uh, like not too long ago, we we're all just chilling, no masks, comfortable as hell, just doing the damn thing. And then right. next thing you know, we're all like six feet apart wearing masks, like don't breathe on each other. Don't, you know, don't get too close when you talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what were yeah, you going to say, Alex? Oh, yeah. No, I was just saying, riffing off of what August said, you know, all about the visuals and I'll bring up the song we're releasing tomorrow. So if that was just a lyric video, still a good song, but you don't see what he goes through. And maybe he can go into depth on that as well. But it's like you get the emotion, you see what almost he's going through, like in the song and stuff like that. And it's, in my opinion, music videos are night and day over lyric videos and just regular streaming. It helps like drive the song too, you know? Yeah. Gives everybody like an idea of like what the band's actually like kind of trying to pull out of the song for like the listener or viewer. Yeah. 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 No, I, I definitely agree with that. I guess from my perspective, it's one of those things where maybe people are just so hungry for the live show now because it got taken away for so long that I feel like people are leaning more towards, hey, we don't care if you release a music video. We want you on the road. You know, that side of the, the coin on it. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. Definitely true. People would rather see us play live, you know, but for now, deal with it and watch our music videos. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, with the new album coming out, uh, one of the questions that, that I typically like to ask, um, and again, I don't have a track listing in front of me, so if you can't fully answer it, that's fine. Um, but for you guys, what's the, the song on the album that you want people to gravitate to or kind of hope that they gravitate to versus what song you think that they're going to gravitate to? That's a tough question for me. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people are going to gravitate to um, our song called Legacy. However, I really would like people to gravitate towards, I feel like, um, well, there's a song called For the Record. Really love that song. It's one of my personal favorites on the on song on the album. Um, but I really think I think Legacy is really going to hit with a lot of people, honestly. So, yeah. um, you know, every song on the record is so so different from one another. You know, uh, even lyrically, you know, lyrically, instrumentally, especially. Um, we just really want to try a lot of different things, but yeah. I don't know if you want to touch on that. Um, I think that I want people to gravitate towards legacy. Uh, I think that people are going to listen to probably Marching Forward or Bluebeam. 
And that's probably going to catch their attention the most because those songs are both heavy as fuck and people aren't going to be expecting it as much. So I think that it's going to like, they had a lot of new ears on the music. And I think that legacy might get overseen because it's kind of like a, you know, that, that rock slash metal core more so. And uh, there's, there's a handful of that on the album, you know, but I always like when people pick out like the songs that are different, you know, something that where we're like, we throw a wrench in the plan and we're just like, Hey, let's just fuck this song up and do something different that people aren't going to expect. You know, I like to throw a curveball at people. I feel like Blue Beam, people are gonna Blue Beam and Marching Forward, people are gonna be like, "What the hell is this?" It's gonna be so, it's so different for until I. But it's good. But it's good. But people are definitely gonna be like, "What the fuck?" (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like what Ryan said, I pretty much agree with like, definitely like the softer song people will probably go to, but yeah, more surprisingly, those those other two songs is take until I wake logo and turn it upside down and like there's your song you know what i mean like they're they're fucking insane so yeah help those do well <laughs> they're basically they're like deathcore songs <laughs> yeah 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 um, and luckily so- uh luckily fearless is cool with us they just like liked all of the shit that we do and they're like yeah just we just want you to write songs you know that are going to be solid six songs that you guys love and enjoy and let's make a, ca- a kick-ass album and that's basically what we did and uh with those songs we're just like you know when we signed and we released some more rock jams you know it's like people will be like oh they signed they sold out whatever they're gonna go more towards rock you know because it's like the typical thought that somebody's gonna sell out and then we like to throw these little things that here and there where it's like no we didn't sell out here's a metalcore song and then it's gonna be like here's a fucking deathcore song which you did not have any clue was gonna be on the album yeah (laughs) yeah i i always hate that sellout argument you know like your favorite band gets signed and immediately people go to oh they sold out like didn't didn't you want them to be successful like don't you want them to keep making music and and have opportunity like how's that fucking selling out you know like obviously there are bands that fully change their sound or you know go super commercial but like for the most part selling out is a bullshit fucking term for gatekeepers to want to hold something to themselves yeah and i feel like nine times out of ten you know, like if if you have like, you know, your thoughts on the music that you want to make and you see how excited people get over certain songs, you'd want to make more songs like the songs people get most excited over. You know, so I don't know if it's like a, a such thing as selling out. I think it's just a matter of a band wanting to do what they want to do. You know, having that artist integrity and being like, this is the music we want to make. And if it's not for you anymore, then, you know, sorry, but that's what we're doing. Yeah, no, I I 100% agree. I think one of the things I say a lot, especially like from EP to album or album to album, you know, as bands grow and age, like if you want your favorite band to stay the same sound exactly as when you first heard them at, you know, 17 years old or whatever, like they've grown up, man. Like, you know, I love Newfound Glory. They're not 17, 18 year old fucking kids anymore. They're not going to sing about that same shit the same way. Like that's just not life. So, you know, it always, it's always weird when fan bases are like, Oh, you know, they don't make, they don't make it like they did on that first record. Well, no, that was eight years ago. Like, of course they're not the fucking same person. You're not going to get anywhere playing the same songs on every single album. Like, yeah. Work. It's it's like literally like with my my favorite band of all time, Bring Me the Horizon. They started off mm-hmm. deathcore. If they were still deathcore, I wouldn't be listening. You know, nothing against deathcore. I like deathcore music, but like, 
I love progression. You know, every album they just, just like excel and get better and better and like I don't know they like have created the fucking ceiling of metal rock music and they're just like insane. That band is like untouchable. Yeah, yeah. I I bring them up on this podcast way more than I probably should, especially since I haven't gotten to, to interview Ollie or anybody yet. But like I agree, it seems like they they seem to be the kind of the trendsetters, and it's like every time somebody tells them that they're at the ceiling, they go, "Okay, cool." We're going to punch a hole in that ceiling and build another floor. Like, let's just keep growing. Exactly. Like, they create the ceiling. You know, they're like, they're just fucking creating it, punching through it, creating another, punching through it, and they just keep going. It's it's madness, dude. I love it. Yeah, yeah they don't stop. They won't stop either. <laughs> no, for sure. Can't stop. Won't stop. And I think the, the crazy thing is, too, like, you know, Bring Me's gotten kind of that polarized fan base where some people absolutely hate stuff and others just love everything they've done but i think the crazy thing is like nobody shits on ollie when he steps out from the band and does stuff with like sigrid uh he did that song with olivia o'brien like everybody's like oh no that that's cool he can go do something different but as a band they have to stay the same like what the fuck is that about right yeah dude like he i know he uh even did a track with mgk yeah yeah, Ed Sheeran, he did the fucking, they did that mashup song. Like, what are you guys yeah. hating on? <laughs> yeah, dude, the success. People hate success. Yeah. If they're not in those shoes, they shit on it. That's kind of what a lot of people do now. Jealous people <laughs> do things, in my opinion, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, as we kind of transition to the, the end here, um, you know, we've we've touched on the album and all that. In a perfect world, uh, obviously Bring Me's on that list, but I'm going to restrict you a little bit. In a perfect world, if you guys were to set up your own tour using just the Fearless family, who do you guys want to set out on tour with? Does alumni count too? Yes, I'll allow alumni. Okay, so then it's got to be I Prevail, of course. Uh, yeah. Motion White, which is alumni. Uh, Wage War, Pierce the Veil. Uh, Ice Nine Kills, of course. And... Uh, that's probably bigger than a tour. That's probably a small festival right there. We'll take yeah. <laughs> Seven bands. Yeah. Until I wait. We'll take it. Yeah, there you we'll go. Oh, Under Oath, dude. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's my tour, too. I'll go on that. <laughs> but, and, and that's one of those things. I ask that question uh, fairly frequently. And, like, a lot of times you'll get kind of that mixed bag answer. But, like, the show that you guys just described is definitely one where it's like, yeah, no, we're okay with opening because we just want to watch the rest of that show. Like, let's get our shit out of the way and let's have fun. Yeah, 100%. Plus, we're the the baby. So to open up for something like that, I'd probably pee my pants. (laughs) Right on stage, right? Yeah. Yeah, dude. In front of the crowds that they all bring out, yes, I would probably pee, throw up, you know, maybe poop a little, too. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> um, that's everything I've got for you. That's a perfect way to end this, I think. So obviously I'll link all the socials and things like that, but what's the best way for people to interact with you guys online? Instagram and Facebook. Now yeah. TikTok. Yeah. Definitely. yeah. Instagram, Facebook, I would say. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you guys' time. Um, you know, this will go up a little bit before the album, so hopefully we'll build some hype around that for you. And I'm stoked to see what's coming up because, you know, I th- I think the EP's killed it. I think you've 
far exceeded anyone's expectations, you know, and I think you're, you're, what you're describing with this album having, you know, kind of some deathcore potential and things like that, it, it really takes you out of the bullshit generalized box of, oh, they're just a metalcore band and allows you to expand and, and live in the industry. Yeah, dude. The way I explain it to everybody is it's an emotional and musical roller coaster the whole way through the album. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I appreciate your time, guys. I'll uh, I'll definitely keep you guys posted, and I'll be uh, blasting your stuff as much as I can. Oh yeah, yeah thank, thank you so you. much, man. Yeah, yeah thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Have a good one. Yep. Peace. Right. See. You. And that was my conversation with the guys in Until I Wake. Hope you guys enjoyed that one. Huge shout out to them for being available. Uh, you know, again, anytime I can get multiple members of a band, it's always great. Um, so to get all but one <laughs> is awesome. Totally understand, you know, Cody had to work, unfortunately. But um, no, I think, you know, like I said at the beginning, this is a band that is right on the verge of, of really exploding and being kind of a high value quote-unquote a a key component in the the scene if you will um and i think that they're one of those bands that you know are just on the verge of being able to start to stand on their own a little more in the sense of the weight behind their name you know they're they're getting the listens they're getting the streams obviously tours are starting to to really pick up and you know, they've been able to tour with some incredible friends and, and other artists, and it's really uh, giving them this platform to launch from and and make their own uh, waves within the scene and genre. So be sure uh, to go check them out. Make sure you like, share, subscribe to them, uh, you know, share their songs. They have a new album coming out. Um, they've been dropping new videos and new singles and all of that so you know as always their socials will be in the description of the podcast so uh jump over give them a follow and you know make sure you're staying on top of what they've got going on and that's everything i've got for you guys on this episode uh for the you make the scene side huge shout out to you guys appreciate you so much for all the support there are new uh, merch items up in the shop, so go check those out. Youmakethescene.com slash shop. Uh, working on some new designs, working on some new products, all of that sort of stuff for you. Waiting to hear back on some really cool guests for the podcast, as well as uh, potentially some really cool show opportunities that we're going to have, you know, doing photography and things like that. So... Um, stay tuned for that. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Make sure you go over to Instagram and Facebook. Give us a like and a follow there. Um, there will be more Musicians for Mental Health uh, episodes coming up. I'm working on getting some stuff arranged on that. Um, and yeah, jump over to, let's say the Instagram because that's where I'm a little more active. Leave a comment on this video or on this episode uh as well as you know interact with the stories and let us know like who you want on the shows things like that and it makes it a little easier 
when uh, I can say, look, you know, these guys are highly requested and things like that. So appreciate you guys. And as always, remember, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene.